0: The show starts in 3 2 Man's- gotcha.
1: <laughs> oh my God! Did you see that?
0: <laughs> America's team. Yeah, right. Oh baby, it's a big day in
1: sports. There's nothing like battling it out with your teammates all season long to go win a championship. Green Bay's got it this year. Huge move for them. I think it's going to be a game changer. We have a lot to
0: talk about this busy week in the sports world. Welcome to the Inner League of Their Own podcast.
1: The Inner League of Their Own podcast is brought to you by Golf Kicks. Screw your shoes. Buy Canada dips, Rep Sports, Buy Smooth My Balls, and Buy Streamer Loot, Check out the In the League of Their Own merch line today. Welcome to the show. Let's see what Austin and Colin are diving into today.
0: Hello everyone and welcome to episode 89 of the In the League of Their Own podcast. Kicking us off with our number 89 sports fact. Going back to the 1989 World Series, the MLB season would end as one that will never be forgotten. The Oakland A's swept the San Francisco Giants in four games, but the series was anything but short. As on October 17, a 6.9 magnitude earthquake rocked the Bay Area as both Oakland and San Francisco suffered damage to their stadiums. The series was postponed 10 days, and um, as soon as it resumed, the A's completed their sweep on the very next game. So um very interesting how things played out there that was when uh Oakland still in the same spot but when San Francisco was at candlestick actually was when that happened so that's today's sports fact uh jumping in then to the NFL right away um I guess before we kind of highlight all the games for the day um I guess any injuries or moves to highlight over there?
1: Um Yeah. Uh, Denver Broncos' Jerry Judy is expected to miss four to six weeks with a high ankle sprain. Um Raheem Mostert is now moved to the IR, um, as well with cornerback Jason Verrett for the 49ers. He's got a torn ACL. Then if we move over to the Detroit Lions, unfortunately, rookie Jeff Okuda, um, he is done for the 2021 NFL season with a ruptured Achilles. Um, so that's unfortunate for a rookie going down there. Um, over on the New York Jets line, left tackle, Mecky Becton is to have knee surgery and will be on the IR. supposed to miss four to six weeks. Um, other than that, nothing too tremendous. I know on um, that Thursday night game, that cornerback who dislocated his elbow, I forgot what his name was, but, They also said that it's supposed to be a four to six week um, injury as well. So those are basically um, the interesting injuries over the week, I guess, as these couple days are now coming, um, we'll start to see what free agents, I guess, are going to be getting picked up in some of these spots or practice squad guys getting the call up. And uh, we will announce those as those happen throughout the week here.
0: Sounds good. Yeah. And then the last uh, injury, to kind of highlight is over with the Washington football team quarterback. Ryan Fitzpatrick is placed on IR after suffering a hip injury. Uh, no timetable uh, looks like they're still trying to figure out the severity of it. The earliest I saw, I think they said was eight weeks, anywhere from eight weeks to season ending is kind yeah, of, it was, the, it was
1: a full dislocated hip.
0: Yeah. So, um, I mean, best case scenario, he comes back later in the season. Two things to add on to this, one being Cam Newton recently released from the Patriots. Do we see a Cam Newton, Ron Rivera reunite yes, in Washington?
1: We do. Yes, we do. And unfortunately, I also think that this is going to be the end for Magic.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's been around the league playing for so many different teams. I think like this is kind of his last draw. Exact-
1: I think this is his
0: 17th team. 17. I feel it's not over 10. Let me take a look, dude. It can't be over 10.
1: I thought I saw something absolutely st- stunning the other day. Just give me a second here. I'm pulling it up. I thought I saw this, dude. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Sorry, this is his ninth NFL team. Excuse me. Ninth. So still a lot of teams though. (laughs) Rams, Bengals, Bills, Titans, Texans, Jets, Bucks, Dolphins, and the Washington football team to end it.
0: Um yeah, I mean, I think I think it'd be a good spot for Cam to come to one of the best defenses in the league. Um, he he
1: has sorry one real quick thing that I just wanted to, he is also 38 years old and he just dislocated his hip. So yeah, like thinking about that, it doesn't seem very realistic that unless he's got a super body that he'd be able to recover anytime soon.
0: Mm -hmm. And plus the, the Washington football team aren't like a, like a super bowl caliber team. Like they're right on the cusp of the playoffs. They made it last year, but they're not like, it's not like where he's like, Oh, I have to get back this team. Like, we're gonna win a Super Bowl this year. Obviously, it's good to have that mindset, but realistically, there's they gotta to try to win their division. That's the that's their their biggest task ahead of them for the year. Um, throwing a wrench into this recently came out this morning. Haven't really seen it reported on like ESPN or anywhere, but it's coming directly from the source, so it is valid. RG three recently, who's been a part of the ESPN analyst team. Posted on Instagram today, make the call with a picture of him coming out of the tunnel in a Redskins uniform. So, he is throwing his name to the hat as well for Washington to make the call. Um, don't know how, how interested Washington would be, but it's interesting that he's just throwing his name out there uh, to begin with.
1: Cam Newton. He's going to be the guy. I have a feeling it's going to be a reunited Washington football team. Like you said, Ron Rivera, Cam Newton back at it. I feel like, as well, that team is going to have a shot to win the division again. Um, and once you get into the dance, you never really know what can happen. Uh, you get into the postseason and things completely change. So um, that's what they're looking for right now. And honestly, I think Cam Newton is capable. You know, he just needs to be in the right system. And I feel like that Washington football team is more of a run-heavy style team. And that fits perfectly into Cam Newton's play style. Who was their backup? Heineke, right? Tyler Haney.
0: Haney. Taylor Haney, yeah.
1: I mean, he did phenomenal for them last year when he played. Um, I just don't think he has the experience. And maybe if Ron says that's our guy, maybe you sign Cam Newton to come in as being a backup. But um, I, 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 I really do see Cam Newton getting a call sometime this week to uh, take on that job. Whether he's going to be playing this weekend is to be determined, obviously. But I feel like we could see Cam Newton in a Washington football team jersey really soon.
0: Yeah, actually, I'm. I, I could be wrong. I'm going to look Sean here. Sean Watson. If
1: does Washington offer six players and uh, combined picks and players to go get to Sean Watson? Yeah. I mean, yep. that's another name that's in the hat.
0: So to kind of, I guess, speed up the process, if they were to do it, um, the Giants do play Washington on Thursday Night Football, so they have a short week. So if they're going to make a move, it's probably going to be today or tomorrow.
1: So the Haney Haney's playing. playing yeah. Thursday. Um, then you got a long week for the next week.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: this would be the prime time to do it, whether it's going to be before the game or after the game. But if they're going to go get a guy, this is when we're going to see it.
0: I mean, if they're desperate, like I said, I feel like they get him today or tomorrow. But if they don't want Newton to be a distraction, and, like, whether they go get Newton or not, before, the, before Thursday, I th- Haney's going to start Thursday no matter what. I think to make sure, because it's against the Giants, it's within the division. Um, they lost to the Chargers yesterday, so they're looking to bounce back. If you're looking to kind of keep the team on the right track without any distractions, you wait till after the Thursday night game to get Newton, um, if they do get him. I mean, obviously, if Haney balls out, throws three, four, five touchdowns, three, 400 yards, then it's like, okay, what do we need to go get another guy for? Unless you are looking for that security blanket. But at the same time, I feel like Newton wouldn't take the job unless he knows he's starting. Um because that's why i kind of talked or with why he got released he had said multiple times that um so well, he sorry. didn't want to be a distraction to mac jones being a qb2 so that was part of the reason why he was released and left there so i think that'd be the same thing if they if washington brings him on he doesn't start he's just going to be a distraction for that team so either he gets the call after Thursday and becomes QB one. Otherwise, if they're like, Hey, we want you to be back up. I could see Newton turning it down because he obviously doesn't want to sit the bench.
1: So Cam Newton will not be with the Washington football team. Um, Turns out Ron Rivera, this article that I'm reading, um, There's like a very, very slim chance that it's going to be Cam in Washington. Um, They signed Kyle Schirmer to their practice squad um, early this morning as their sole backup addition. Taylor Heineke will start on Thursday. Um, And basically, yeah, basically it's not going to be Cam Newton. Um, Just says, this article basically just highlights how it's all going to come down to whether Ron Rivera is going to bring him in or not. And three hours ago, the article was reported that if we would have seen a Ron Rivera Cam Newton um, link up, it would have happened right after he would have been released, or it would have happened two other times when they were unsure of Dwayne Haskins and Cam Newton was available, and there was another time when he was completely available and there was no call, nothing. So I guess it's ultimately in Ron Rivera's hands, but according to the article coming out of inside the Washington football team, they already made their signing to their practice squad. Who's going to be the backup and Heineke's their guy. So looks like RG three, I guess, potentially, I don't know, could make more the most sense.
0: Bring him in as a backup
1: as of now being a backup, but I mean, what good does that, you know, what good does that even have, of him being a backup? Um, Dang, it's going to be really really interesting to see. Yeah,
0: because I mean, they have weapons. They have Antonio Gibson in the backfield. They got Taylor McLaurin. um, Obviously, arguably a top five defense in the league right now. That QB position is the only spot in that team that really has a void right now. Um, I mean, Fitz... Fitzpatrick has his Fitz magic now and then, to where he can win a football game on any any given moment against a really good team. But the, the inconsistency was there with him under center as well. Uh, Heineke did leave them to the playoffs last year and went toe to toe with Tom Brady, keeping it a one score game in the wild card round last year. Um, I don't know. I think you ride Heineke, young, young stud. Um, obviously, he's going to make mistakes, but. Let him play a full season. Kind of let the leash loose on him and see what he can do with this offense. Uh, again, being in the NFC East, uh, it's 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 interesting because as um, looking at the standings right now, Eagles are kind of expected to be one of the worst team in the NFC East and also one of the worst teams in the league. They have a one-zero record. The rest of the NFC East has a loss, so the Eagles already have a jump start. So now it's going to be catch up for the uh, the Giants, Cowboys, and football team to make that make up that game. Because now that they're a game back, they gotta win two more to get ahead. So, but again, it is Week One. It's very early, but yeah, the Washington's looking in the face of adversity right out the get go here.
1: And looking at all the backup uh, free agent quarterbacks since Shermer was just picked up from the Bengals. um, Blake Bortles is still out there. Um, RG3, as you had stated, Philip Rivers, um, he is still potentially um, out there. You also have Cam Newton, like we stated. And then really the only other name on this list that kind of makes sense as far as playing would be Deshaun Kaiser. Um, so that's kind of about really where we've gotten to, um, on this list. So.
0: Now, well, I guess somebody who already has a starting job elsewhere, obviously it's kind of a long shot, but at the same time, if you have the right draft picks and the right value to throw at it, look at a situation like San Francisco to get Jimmy Garoppolo, try to go get somebody like that. Um, you have Trey Lance behind him. Uh,
1: I guess if they're unsure about their quarterback for the future.
0: Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, instead of just looking to free agents, look elsewhere around the league to where there's two – it's a two QB position right now, San Francisco, Chicago, two spots where there's two quarterbacks to where if one slips up, the other one's going to get put in to where you go to try to get one of those guys if they end up getting benched or something.
1: Hold on one second. So, as far as making Jimmy G um, available, that, that is nowhere near possible. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick signed a one year, $10 million contract, um, six guaranteed, dead cap weight. So, the cap hit of $10 million. Jimmy G um, he's making 24 million 26.9 million uh, this season and carries a cap hit of 26.3 million dollars so they'd have to find they'd have to shed another 16 million if they were gonna bring Jimmy G onto the team So I feel like unless you really want to blow up your team to go get Jimmy G especially you're taking him for and then you'd have to pay him another 25 million next year. Yeah, I mean, there's not enough that's, value that's on such that, a risk, especially with his health. You know, it's yeah, not like he's a hundred percent healthy guy that you could have, you know, they could have went draft night when Trey Lance got picked and said, Hey, buddy, come on over. If it's magic, you're going to be our backup. You know, they easily there's a handful of teams that could have went and got him. I just feel for his contract for what he ended up getting out of San Francisco is nowhere near worth what he is. His value is due to his injuries. So I feel like San Francisco's stuck with him unless they're going to cut him. I feel like
0: yeah. And as for mentioned in previous episodes, by before the trade deadline, if the 49ers keep him, they take what was it like?
1: It was like $29 million or something. It was a, a lot. hit
0: to where if they get rid of him before that. They don't take that cap hit, but if they keep him beyond that trade deadline, they do. So, um but again, that's still six, seven weeks away. So once you get to that point, I guess we'll see if that's even a. If he a gets hurt, them.
1: if he gets hurt, he they're gonna get rid of him.
0: Jimmy G. Yeah,
1: his first season because of his IR, like his ACL, how he was done for the year. Thirty-seven million is what he took against the cap. is what they lost total in dead cap when he was only on a $6.2 million contract.
0: Hmm. (laughs) That's crazy.
1: They lost like nine times what he was worth in salary because he got IR'd. And your cap, it just goes up. When that happens. So I if, if they get hurt, I could see if he gets hurt, I could see him not wanting to take that cap hit and just say, fuck, you're gone, buddy. Sorry. But unless then I feel like they stick with him and like they continue to work Trey Lance into packages like we saw this weekend.
0: Yeah. Um I guess then that's all I had, I guess, for injuries and kind of moves around the league. Uh we can move in then to uh, briefly going to each game from yesterday, uh, 14 games slated on the Sunday schedule. Um, we'll
1: start off with our predictions. I'll hop right in. Oh First yeah. one, Steelers and the Bills. Um, early in the game, it, it looked like Buffalo was definitely going to dominate that game. However, the Steel Curtain did arrive. Um, they ended up basically blanking the Bills to, to two field goals in the second half um ben roethlisberger looked a little shaky at first as well um looked like he was a little bit uncomfortable i did happen to see a meme come out saying that the bills um finally logged off or he logged out ben finally logged off of Pornhub at halftime and showed (laughs) up in the second half
0: that's hilarious
1: Um, yeah dude i was laughing i literally brought me to tears i was laughing so hard but uh yeah that team showed up and that team showed that they are They're no joke to mess around with, and I feel like this is going to be a theme moving forward throughout the NFL, I feel. Teams with strong defensive lines are going to be the teams that we see at the end. With all of this moving towards pass-friendly, teams are now going to go to D-line and get the pass rush home.
0: Yeah, looking looking at kind of some of the stats from that Bill Steelers game, Uh, They did have over hundred yards rushing. Singletary was 72 and Allen uh, had 44 on the ground through nine carries as well. So um, the Steelers secondary is what stuck out to me. um, Again, locking down in the second half, uh, Steelers had a 17 point fourth quarter. So they really turned it on at the end. Uh, The blocked punt was really the turning point in that game to where uh, they pinned the Bills back deep in their own territory. Uh, but Buffalo can escape by getting the ball to the Steelers 30, 40 yard line, try to get a stop punk gets blocked. Uh, Steelers go ahead and never turn back from there. Um, yeah, I mean, it was one of the first times, honestly, watching Josh Allen struggle. Um, I mean, he did go, he had 30, 30 completions, 270 yards and one touchdown, um, no interceptions, which is important against the Steelers' defense. Minimizing turnovers uh, is is a really big thing to do. Um,
1: you looked like a deer in headlights.
0: Yeah, uh, nobody really in that receiving core stepped up. Beasley with sixty, Diggs with sixty nine. Nobody really stood stood up out of that receiving core. It was very short, three to twelve yard completions. Um, I, I don't know what the longest completion was of the game, but nothing was really big over the top uh, that I remember. I think Gabriel Davis had the biggest play of the game with his lo- the lone touchdown that was thrown by uh, Josh Allen. But I don't know. The, the Steelers, they picked up where they left off from before they went on their kind of shit streak at the end of the year when they were 11-0 when they got to that point. Um Big Ben looks better. Um, I know he, there was a big question mark above his head for the year. The defense looks great again. Um, yeah, the AFC North is going to be really tough this year, uh, especially depending on how the Ravens do tonight to see kind of how where, where they're at to par to start the year.
1: And especially for a game that Buffalo controlled. Time possession, 33 minutes to 26. They ran 24 more plays than the Steelers did um penalties they had eight for 81 yards compared to the Steelers five for 32 that's a big chunk and then like you said I thought that momentum change was the watt strip sack on the plays right before that pump block it was like that both of those things in in unison like that just completely flipped the game on its head and honestly you can look at poor play calling for the Buffalo Bills um one for three on fourth down efficiency. They had two at midfield. Um, the one I know we texted, we texted each other right after. It's just like, oh, the fourth and one, that, yeah, mm-hmm. whoever drew up that play, yeah, maybe it looked good X's and O's, but like on the field, people are going to see that coming a mile away. And especially when you have a quarterback Josh Allen's size, who all he needs to do is take the snap and lean forward, and he's going to get a yard. Um, That was a very risky play, which ended up kind of costing them the game.
0: Yeah, and kind of looking at their efficiency, too, uh, Steelers were only four for 12 on third down. Um, 16 first downs compared to Buffalo's 22. So like you said, the time of possession was in Buffalo's favor. It seemed like their offense was always on the field. But you only put up 16 points. That's technically two possessions. Really, when you think about it, two eight point possessions over a full game, um, a zero point third quarter, only a one or three point first quarter. Uh, that's amazing defense, right there. Yeah, especially to hold the because it was 10 nothing at halftime. Yep. So, uh, again, Buffalo 23
1: to six in the second half.
0: (laughs) Yeah, to get outscored. Um, Steelers made the right adjustments, seems like Buffalo um we're just back on their heels the whole second half and couldn't get anything going um i guess we'll just go through all all your predictions and i'll move over to my side uh next uh browns chiefs uh one of the prime time games of the week um again one of those games very similar to buffalo cleveland come out the games came out the gates hot Went for a two-point conversion to go up eight. Super aggressive. Didn't want to leave any points on the board. Um, and then things kind of fell apart for them. Um, very similar another situation with a punt. The Bills had a, had a punt blocked that turned the game around. Cleveland punter got took the, the snap, dropped it instead of uh, backing up the Chiefs in deep in their territory. They gave them the ball. I think it was at, inside the fifteen and two plays later uh Mahomes hit Kelsey for the go ahead touchdown um yeah it was a, it was it was a really good game uh 33-29 very close but it, it always comes down to um the better offense in the end uh, putting the ball in uh Patrick Mahomes hands over Baker Mayfield's hands Baker Mayfield did have a chance at the end through the pick uh but yeah, I mean the game was very back and forth. Even though Cleveland again had the momentum for probably the first two and a half quarters.
1: Yeah, um, people saying Baker Mayfield looked good. I uh, one thing I always say about him is, if you want to win games, he's not your guy. He can he can keep you in games and get you down to the end of games, but he's not the guy. That I want the ball in his hands when the, when the pressure's on the line. Um, looking at his stats, 21 for 28, 321 yards, no touchdowns, one pick. Um, so all those are empty yards. Um, however, their running game basically was the only reason why they were in this game at all. Uh, Nick Chubb, 15 for 83, two touchdowns. Kareem Hunt, six for 33 with one touchdown as well. And then Jarvis Landry had two carries for 13, one with the wide receiver sweep for a touchdown. And then Schwartz as well had a wide receiver uh, reverse for one for 17. So passing is not um, how the ch- how the Browns can get it done. Um, they got to re- heavily rely on their ground game. Um. I guess I picked the Browns to win because I thought OBJ was going to be playing. Turns out he decided to sit out, which is a huge loss for them. Um, I feel like if he was playing, I feel like the Browns would have won. Um, They would have had another guy out on the wide out, especially since Tyron Matthew is currently out on the chiefs defensive side, Um, but it didn't happen. And as you said, the teams who Really deserve to be there. They flip a switch and it was kind of like okay, game on when we're down late in the game, and bing bang boom, they went, and scored two touchdowns, game's over. Uh, man, Chiefs fans, you got lucky. I'm I'm just gonna say it like, yeah, you don't have one of your best defensive players in the game, which hurts, but how you guys played, I mean look at the third downs nine for 13. I mean, which is pretty good, but normally they're hundred percent usually on third down because of all their weapons that they have. They did allow two sacks and no turnovers on the day, which resulted in their favor. <laughs> they had 60 less yards in the game. They got rushed by 60. Um, passing. They only had 20 more passing yards. So like I said, this game came down to the, those two turnovers, the, Punter dropping that ball, and then Baker Mayfield trying to throw the ball out of bounds at the end, and that defensive player just getting enough of his ankle to stop the power, and that's game.
0: Yeah, Holmes
1: looks good, though.
0: Yeah, he did. Um, that, that one play where it was just kind of a fuck it, throw it up, Tariq's out there somewhere uh, kind of play for that long 75-yard touchdown. Um, Video but, game. Yeah, but going back to the Browns, too, one thing that kind of was a head-scratcher, um, as soon as the Chiefs got momentum, the Browns went into panic mode and tried to throw the ball a lot more. Um, Chubb, again, 83 yards on the ground, five and a half yards of carry. Um, he, he was dom- dominating the run game. The Chiefs really didn't have an answer for him. And again, as soon as the Chiefs got momentum, they went into panic mode. Um, you started to see Baker... Uh, missing receivers, um, bad clock management, obviously incomplete passes, uh, keeps clock stopped, where if you're running the ball, keeps the clock moving. They just completely gave up on the run game when it came down to the end. Um, where if they would have, if they would have kept, if Nick Chubb would have got five to 10 more carries, they probably would have won that game because that's if better clock would've... management and more yards. Maybe to put up a field goal, keep the chiefs off the board. Um,
1: they felt the pressure because every team that plays the Chiefs knows that they could score in one play. Mm-hmm. That explosiveness, they they felt the pressure and they let it get to their mind where, like you said, they continue to run the ball. They were up by four points with, I believe, there's still like eight minutes left in the game, seven minutes left in the game, and, you run, and they abandoned the run. And you could have easily ate a couple more minutes off the clock maybe potentially even ran one in for a touchdown and that's game you know you don't same with tampa any of these good quarterbacks you don't want to give them the ball with a minute left
0: no you put the like like you said baker mayfield's not that guy where the game's on the line you put the ball in his hands nope the Browns you want to be up put your defense on the field that's a way better situation to be in than having Baker Mayfield you to go out there down four points. You need a touchdown. Um, you'd rather be on the other side of it up four points, three minutes left to go. Um, obviously still looks good for Patrick Mahomes, but, uh, the that extra pressure is on when your defense is playing really well and they have to get a touchdown to beat you versus the other side where you have the lesser quarterback at Arrowhead loud stadium first game of the year. Um, yeah. This is one of those that games
1: that played the Chiefs.
0: Oh, 100%. It was until until the end. Uh, what was it? Yeah. They they held them to 10, 10 points in the in the first half. That's amazing. And then gave up 23 in the second and only have seven yourself. Um, I mean, this is a mirror image of that of that Bills Steelers game <laughs> pretty much because they're up 12. Yeah, they're up 12 going into halftime. That's two possessions and you only amount one touchdown in the second half. Again, abandoning the run game, trying to force the ball downfield with big passes. Baker Mayfield, you can't watch Patrick Mahomes launch a ball 75 yards for a touchdown and say, we got to go out there and match that by throwing it too. No, stick to your ground and pound. Uh, Browns win that game otherwise.
1: Yeah, poor game management.
0: Moving into the next game, uh, this is a very good defensive battle uh, between the Chargers and Washington. Um, What were your takeaways from that one?
1: So I picked, obviously, the reason I picked the Chargers because I felt like Justin Herbert was going to have a day. He did, 31 for 47, 337 through the air. He did throw uh, one touchdown and a pick. Um, Yeah, like you said, a great defensive battle. um, As time of possession really was dominated by the Chargers because of their passing game. I mean... Their little dinking and dunking that they did on every single third down—they went 14 for 19 on third down, passing yards 334 to Washington's 133, um, and then you look at the time of possession: 36 minutes for the Chargers and 23 minutes for the Washington football team. Um, you lose its magic as well, um, man. It—it's like they. It's like I felt like Washington would have won that game if you wouldn't have lost his magic. Honestly, I feel like he could have kept that boat afloat and rocking to pull out a W for him, and he ended up going out. And you know that's kind of the that's kind of the story, really the big story of the game. Herbert not too impressive. Um, granted, he did throw for over three hundred, but still. Did not look like the Herbert we saw last year, throwing for four touchdowns a game.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, no, nonetheless, uh, 78 offensive uh, or total plays versus Washington's 49. Uh, week one is week one, week two are those two weeks to where if your defense is on the field more, you're probably going to lose because they're getting gassed. They're going to give up bigger chunk plays. Those two, three yard rushes turn into five, six yard rushes as the game goes on. And that's kind of what happened to Washington. As good as their defense is, they could not get off the field again, Chargers 14 of 19 on third down. They couldn't, they couldn't get them off the field. And then on the flip side, Washington, only three for 10, um, chargers, 27 t- first down. So Washington's 15, uh, Yeah, again, the the Chargers, in a game that they didn't look great offensively, they got the win, again, against a really good defense. So they have a lot to build off of. um, And obviously good to get a win in that AFC West, where um, that division is undefeated right now. Broncos got the win, Chiefs got the win, Chargers got the win. And then uh, the Raiders play play Baltimore tonight. So uh, if they're going to stay in the hunt, obviously probably looking to get a wild card for the Chargers, unless they can – try to steal one of the wins against the chief or one of the games against the chiefs this year. Um, yeah. Chargers got an uphill battle, but they stood the test uh, in week one
1: and the Washington football team. um, Some confidence to look forward going out of the end of that game. Taylor Heineke went 11 for 15, 122 yards at a touchdown, no picks. So if he's your guy going forward, um, if he can continue to do what he does, who knows, maybe you guys can win the NFC East again because it's looking um, – NFC is in trouble this year, it looks like, besides one division.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, then moving on to your uh, last game, I guess we both shared this one. We just had opposite picks. Was the Sunday night game last night, uh, Bears-Rams. Um Really good game to watch. Um,
1: Bears fucking shot themselves in the foot. Yeah,
0: the, it looked it looked like it was going to be all Rams right right out the get go. Bears kind of answered back a little bit before halftime, um, but then again, lopsided second half. Rams score twenty one. Bears only score seven. Uh, Matthew Stafford in his L.A. debut looked amazing. 321 yards for three touchdowns uh two of which came off of blown coverage from a post to van jefferson and the other to cooper cup uh i mean this rams this rams team has a lot to be uh excited for in the toughest division in football they look like the best team in that division right now along with the cardinals which we'll get to in a little bit but uh yeah, Rams looked really good. They have a lot to look forward to this year. Uh, and this, but the defense, their defense struggled a little bit too. Um, uh, Aaron Donald, uh, I don't think he got... He had one. He had one sack? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but, yeah, they had him shut down most of the game, uh, both, both sides. Uh, Bears shut down Aaron Donald. Rams shut down Khalil Mack uh and then it was a matter of other people stepping up and i mean if you if your top guy in defense is kind of shut down and has a quiet game and you still win by 20 uh i'd say they're sitting pretty good
1: yeah and then um talking about the bears shooting themselves in the foot they out time and possession the rams by 11 minutes they outplayed them by 19 different plays six more first downs um there are two turnovers. However, the huge two differences in the game—the fumble lost in the red zone and the interception thrown um, later at the end of the game—I um, feel like those are two crucial plays that they wish that they could take back. And
0: that interception was the first was their first drive. No, was it? Yeah. Where again, that was that turning point to where they are in the red zone because the ball got tipped up and that's, they, that's right. they intercepted it. Where. You should you have three points in your pocket, you're looking for seven, and you flip it around. That's a fourteen point swing right there. Um so I mean you take seven off the board, that's twenty-one to or twenty-seven-21. That's a one possession game. Um
1: and they would they would have been up fourteen to ten going into halftime mm -hmm. at that point, if that would have happened. And then their fumble at the end or later in the game was just unfortunate. But um Good news for Bears fans. Dalton looked pretty good. 27 for 38, 206. He did have the pick. Justin Fields was two for two for 10 yards. Um, yeah. I, I felt like Andy Dalton definitely played way better than every, everybody expected him to. And then, yes, talking about Matthew Stafford, one of those names who's in the conversation for early MVP um, of the year, Offensive Player of the Year this season. And everybody knew what he's about, throwing the long ball. It's either touchdowns or pick six is basically, you know what I mean? He, it's kind of that Brett Farvey style where just loves to launch the ball. And, man, can he fucking throw the ball? Mm-hmm. That third play of the game where he rolls all the way out from his own 20-yard line, laser beam all the way down to the other 20-yard line. And then they didn't touch him. And yeah, was, that, that was
0: another hit that's another hiccup to where you touch you, you get that tag down. You can hold them to three,
1: three, or even zero. If you get a turnover. Yeah, exactly. So. so they shot themselves in the foot, but week one early, early mishaps happen early in the season. Um, now that they've added that 17th game in week one, week two kind of isn't a huge deal, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. But you got to figure it out sooner rather than later as you problems can't continue to linger on to week three, week four, that's when you kind of have a problem. Cause normally week one, you can look at a team and be like, oh, these guys are for real or these guys stink. Where I feel like there was a couple teams who laid eggs who are actually way better than than I think um people think that they're gonna be this season.
0: Yeah. And on the I guess probably the one aside from Stafford, um if I had to pick a second player that stood out to me the most this game Over on the Bears side, David Montgomery, 108 yards on the ground, 6.8 yards per carry. Uh, They kind of had to abandon the run game, obviously losing by 20. You got to try to get bigger chunk plays, clock management, things like that became an issue at the end. If it's a closer game, they keep that ground and pound. Montgomery probably goes for 150 to 200 yards. If they don't have to abandon it, maybe another touchdown. But, I mean, he picked up right where he left off last year. Uh, He had an amazing year last year. Um, And to have over 100 yards against that amazing uh, run defense uh, of the Rams, uh, that's one thing to definitely look forward to if Dalton does struggle that they still have Montgomery to go to on that offense. Then moving over to my uh, games for the week, uh, Vikings-Bengals. The long game that went overtime uh, in week one, uh, Bengals kind of had control the whole game, uh, up 14 to seven at half. Got outscored in the second half, but did manage to, uh, obviously squeak it out. It was either going to be Bengals win by three or it was going to be ending in a tie as they kick it to end overtime. Um, on the Bengals side, Joe Burrow, uh, his first game back from injury, 261 yards, two touchdowns, uh, not a flashy game by any means, but obviously gets them the win. Uh, Jamar Chase uh, quieted all the haters in preseason. He had a handful of drop balls. Uh, they were really concerned about how, what he was going to do. Five catches for 100 yards, averaging 20 yards uh, per catch and a touchdown as well. Um, I don't know. This, this, Bengals, this Bengals offense looked impressive, but the defense is what stood out to me the most, kind of uh, – making Kirk Cousins struggle at the end to where he couldn't find Justin Jefferson. Uh, Bates, Bates in the secondary, seemed like he was matched up with Justin Jefferson really well. Uh, Jefferson did have uh, 71 yards on the day. Again, not super flashy. Adam Thielen led led the way with 92 yards, two touchdowns, but um, I think that the Bengals secondary is what won them this game kind of shutting down, uh, Phelan and Jefferson down the stretch.
1: Yes, I think the Vikings just shot themselves in the foot on this game. Poor clock management, poor play calling. Multiple times where you had third and short and you chose to try to pass or run a bootleg. Not the ideal time to call that where you stick it on the ground, you run up the middle, you have Dalvin Cook in your backfield and you easily could have won this game. Um, sticking with the model of the NFC North, um, I don't really have much to say on this on this game. Um. Besides another NFC North team shooting themselves in the foot, not not ready to play.
0: Yeah. One one more thing to highlight for the Vikings: uh twelve penalties, 116 yards. Can't happen. <laughs> I think they had 16 or 17 total penalties, but only 12 of them were accepted. So terrible game. um Delayed games, um pass interferences, holding holding down the stretch was, a, was was knocked them out of. Uh, field goal range once or twice. Uh, yeah, again, NFC North not looking good to start the year. Uh, going over to one of the other uh, late afternoon games uh, yesterday, Broncos-Giants. Uh, what would you see from Teddy Bridgewater's debut as a Bronco? Uh,
1: people forgot that he can play um, for everybody sleeping on Teddy Bridgewater. Um, I suggest you open up your eyes because he's coming with a vengeance this season. And this Broncos team looks pretty scary, actually. Um, they look like a solid team. They've been building this team for a handful of years now with a lot of the young guys that they have on their squad. Melvin Gordon for 101 yards. Um, former Badger, obviously, we've been waiting for him to pop off and get his finally a chance. Or He's the true number one, and he is. And now he's getting all the carries, and he's showing up and doing the work. Um Giants, they kind of look they look pretty rough. Um, Daniel Jones, is typical Daniel Jones, makes some plays where it's like, what the fuck? Like he's a Rogers Brady's type of plays, Mahomes type of plays, and then you also see plays where it's like, dude, you're an NFL quarterback and you just did mm-hmm. that turnovers is what lost them the game. Um, Broncos, you know, dominated time of possession. But uh, the, biggest, the biggest flip of momentum was when Daniel Jones, inside the 20-ish yard line, um, went to extend the tie for a first down and lost a fumble, turned around, and that's all she wrote.
0: And going off of that, that is now Daniel Jones has a turnover in 25 of his 27 starts as a Giant. Uh, they lose by two possessions. Uh, that's That's a – a swing right there. I'm pretty sure the Broncos scored off of that. You go down and score, you hold the Broncos off the board. It's a tied game and it's a flip of the coin at that point. Um,
1: and von Miller looked really good in his first game back.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was good to see him back. I think he had two um, sacks. Bar- Barkley again, quiet. Good, good to see him back. Uh only, only 10 carries, so they didn't they didn't let him run loose. Uh but yeah, 10 carries for 26 yards. That defense
1: uh, is good, too, dude.
0: Yeah. Daniel Jones actually led the team for rushing with 27 yards, including his one for a touchdown. So, yeah, like you said, uh, Broncos, kind of one of those teams where it was kind of a uh, – they might be okay or they're going to shit the bed and be one of the bottom teams again this year. Um, they stood the test going into New York and getting the win. And then – Uh, Last game uh, for predictions this week was uh, Colts and Seahawks.
1: Uh, Colts stink.
0: Yeah. Russ, in his early MVP uh, uh, conversation form, uh 18 completions for 245 54 yards and four touchdowns.
1: Their line looked good actually.
0: Yeah, they 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 got him time. Uh obviously Russell Wilson being as mobile as he is, had to roll out once in a while. Didn't matter uh finding his man Tyler Lockett, four yard or four catches for 100 yards, two touchdowns. Uh Metcalf, four catches, 60 yards and a touchdown as well. Uh they distribute, they, they had was it seven guys with a catch on that receiving core. So they distributed the rock really well there. Uh, run game as well, Chris Carson. Um, the, the Seahawks run game has been a big question mark since um, Marshawn Lynch has been gone. Uh, Chris Carson, uh, Rashad Penny are kind of been the two guys back and forth. Penny only had two touches. Chris Carson, again, led the way for 91. And then Dwayne Eskridge behind him with uh, 22 yards. So over 100 yards rushing on the day for the Seahawks against what's supposed to be a dominant Colts defense. Um, and Carson Wentz struggled in his first game as, uh, as a Colt. Um, I mean, an admirable day, uh, 251 yards, two touchdowns, but uh, they left points on the board or, um, throughout the game. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Seahawks, again, being in one of the toughest divisions in football, not surprised there, but the Colts was kind of surprising to see them struggle early on.
1: Yeah, Jonathan Taylor, not as good as I thought that he was going to be. Well, I guess I should say, is as good as I thought he was going to be. A lot of, I should say, the average, most people thought he was going to be very successful from what he did in college. I personally don't think he's going to have a great career um, in the NFL unless he can get to a different team that uses him um, in a different style of running Colts ground and pound they just go basically up the middle and that's not his style he's more of a finesse type of back skillful back um yeah no surprise that the seahawks ended up whooping their ass
0: yeah i mean with uh ty hilton out for the first six to eight weeks we should see jonathan taylor getting more of a load on that offense. and their best
1: lineman nelson who's out too but still um i don't think even if they were playing i still don't think that would have mattered
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. In a the, in the game where you lose by two possessions, you're because it didn't seem like protection was a huge I- issue for Carson Wentz. It just he seemed got like he
1: sacked a handful, didn't he?
0: Uh, let me see. Sacks. They each team had three. So not and terrible. I, well, but
1: some of the hits that I saw that he took were some pretty good ones. So
0: yeah, it, was, it wasn't necessarily a game that the, um, because, Col- again, the Colts had time of possession by over 11 minutes but still lost the game. They had less punts than the Seahawks. Uh, they were uh, had more, th- more third-down conversions than the Seahawks. They had more that first downs. The offense sucks. Yeah. So, it was a game that this uh, offense lost for them. Uh, obviously, your defense gives up 28, but at the same time in a high-scoring league that the NFL is now where teams put up 30 to 50 points any given Sunday now, um, yeah, Colts. Colts uh, offense definitely struggled that game. Then moving into our other games for the week, uh, just guess go, going from the top down here. Uh, the Texans, probably the most one of the more surprising outings, um, as again with their whole situation going on with Deshaun Watson kind of being one of the bottom teams of the league last year. Um, they show out against again another beat up. Uh, team from last year, Jacksonville Jaguars, in a thirty-seven twenty-one game. Um, what do you think in Trevor Lawrence's first game in the NFL?
1: Didn't look anything special. Looks like average to below average quarterback in the NFL. Um, Urban Meyer's got to be feeling the heat as he's on the hot seat. Um, obviously, he's been on the hot seat ever since he took that job, but now even more. Um, that team was a disaster. Um, Texans. Honestly, after watching the first drive of them down the field, I had no surprise that they whooped the Jacksonville's ass. Um, I feel like the Texans have a lot to prove this season, and they have a lot of people who are counting them out. And Tyrod Taylor on his revenge tour around the league this season, I don't think that that team is going to be taking any team for granted. So if you play the Houston Texans, watch out because that defense is very good. Granted, they did lose a handful of players. You know, you end up losing DeAndre Hopkins and all that. They still have people who are in the NFL who want to play, who are getting paychecks. And what happened last year, it doesn't matter. You know, none of that shit matters. Mm -hmm. Um, What matters is what happens on Sunday, and clearly the Houston Texans are taking care of business.
0: Yeah, Texans 160 yards on the ground, um, plus three turnover margin as Lawrence had three interceptions. Texans didn't have any no fumbles lost. Uh, Twelve for twenty-one on third down compared to Jacksonville's three for eleven. Um, yeah, just,
1: Lawrence is on pace to pass Jameis Winston for the most picks of the season. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I, I didn't. He didn't look great in his NFL debut. That's for sure. And it was funny to uh, that being his first loss of his football career. Undefeated in high school. Undefeated in college. Regular um, season. He's well, lost yeah. the championships. Well, yeah, but he yeah. Um yeah, we'll kind of see how how Jacksonville responds because uh if they're gonna win any games in that division, my bet would be against the Texans, and that was the one team they lost to. So they're gonna have an uphill battle in that division.
1: Jacksonville stinks.
0: <laughs> um over to the next game, Eagles route the Falcons 32-6. to six. Uh, Jalen Hurts, very impressive outing, uh, second-year quarterback. So, uh, second-year quarterbacks around the whole NFL yesterday were 4-0, oh, I believe. Uh, uh, 27 uh, completions, 264 yards, three picks, zero interceptions, uh, which for a young quarterback is huge to not, not give the ball away. Um, As a whole, uh, no turnovers happen on each side. So for the Falcons to only put up six points without turning the ball over or really having any issues on the offensive side, uh, only 260 yards as an offense uh, off of uh, 64 plays. (laughs) Uh, Not good at all. Only 134 yards passing. They did have 124 on the ground. Uh, But, yeah, any time that you almost surpassed your passing yards with rushing yards uh, in the the, kind of the pass-first league that the NFL is now, ain't going to win you football games.
1: Yeah, Uh, Kyle Pitts looked good. He only got the ball four times. Um, But, yeah, Eagles, just like the Texans, playing with a vengeance. People thinking that they're trash. They're not. Um, They came out to play Jalen Hurts. Everybody knew that he was could be a great quarterback. I feel like the Eagles have found their franchise guy. Uh,
0: moving on then, uh, kind of a nail-biter. That shouldn't have been a nail-biter. Uh, 49ers edge out uh, the Lions 41-33. to 33. Uh, 49ers had a 24-point lead with two and a half, three minutes left in the game. Uh, Lions respond with... A touchdown, two-point conversion, get an onside kick, also get a two-point conversion there. Uh, 49ers turnover with less than a minute to go. Jared Goff tries to lead him down the field, doesn't get it done. But uh, against a 49ers team that, again, just a couple years removed from a Super Bowl appearance, obviously had their injuries last year, bounce back to look really good. Uh, Jimmy G, 314 of the year for a touchdown, Uh, Trey Lance also had one throw for five yards and a touchdown himself. Um, Debel Samuel showed out nine catches for 189 yards and a touchdown as well. Um, Yeah, 49ers look good. And the Lions, uh, even though it's a loss, have a game to hang their hats on uh, going into a Monday night game next week against the Green Bay Packers team that looked atrocious.
1: Another NFC North team that just shot themselves in the foot. They showed up too late and at least they showed up, but, um, Oh, sorry. I thought fucking the cat just knocked something over and I thought Mm -hmm. I heard glass shatter, but we're good. (laughs) Um, yeah. Um, that, yeah, like you said, they cut that 24 down to eight, um, late in the game, that is a little bit of confidence to move on towards the next week. Um, The 49ers, however, being up 24 points, they were staying way back, allowing all those passes underneath. So it is easy for a team to move down the field when you are down by 24 points late in the game. Um, but still, they almost came back. They almost did it. And next Monday should be a test for both teams.
0: For sure. Uh, moving on then uh jets panthers uh sam darnold's revenge game against his old team um what do you think for um his uh panthers debut
1: he looked pretty good um i don't i, I just don't know what, how i feel about both of these teams um Yeah, I mean Zach Wilson, people thought he was really good because the preseason. I mean, he's got an arm, but man, he's got a lot of um to learn as watching him play. Sam Darnold kind of in the same position. Granted, he did get the W. The Jets almost came back and ended up winning that game when they were down, I believe, 14 at half. Um looks like sixteen at half. Oh, 16 and a half, excuse me. And they almost ended up coming back. So mm-hmm. Um, I really don't know what to make of that game, honestly, as both of those teams look like bottom barrel teams um, in the league as of watching teams perform.
0: Yeah, not really much else to add. Um, I, I guess small victory for Sam Darnold, beating his old team. Um, then really having a, a huge outing 279 yards for a touchdown. Uh, Christian McCaffrey. Back to carrying that offense, 98 yards on the ground and 89 yards to the air. Uh, the offense goes as he goes. Uh, that's pretty much all there is to say about that Carolina team. Uh, i next to one of the most impressive outings of Sunday. Cardinals beat the uh, Titans 38-13. to Kyler Murray throws his name in the hat for uh, the MVP conversation early.
1: I think this is the best looking team in football right now. Um, defense, especially Chandler Jones, five sacks, two forced fumbles, six tackles. Um, incredible. What he did. And that was only through three quarters so that he didn't even really play much in the fourth. I don't even think he played a snap actually in the fourth quarter. Um, dominance. It, it it looked like the Cardinals were playing video games compared to the Tennessee Titans and king henry where you at dude you didn't show up they stopped they th- that was one of the most impressive week 1 performances i've seen in a long time um, as that team looked 100% engaged and everybody ready they look mid-season mid-season form week 1 like they look and and you know being in the division that they are in that's to be expected. All four of those teams are going to beat each other up this season um, for who's going to come out and make it to the playoffs. So, oh, man, I they they're are my favorite right now to make it to the Super Bowl. One of my favorites.
0: Just yeah. off of that
1: performance, like just hands down.
0: Yeah, as you mentioned, the only whole – Derrick Henry, to 58 yards on the ground, a guy who eclipsed that 2,000 mark last year. Um, Julio Jones in his Titans debut, only three catches for 29 yards, had a crucial uh, mistake on a third and one with a personal foul to back him up to third and 16. They don't convert there. Um, not that that really would have made a difference as they lost by multiple possessions, but in a game where you're down that much, you're just shooting yourself in the foot at that point um yeah Kyler Murray uh four touchdowns five total touchdowns he had one on the ground as well um uh and James Conner debut as a as a Cardinal former former Steeler it was kind of cool it was nice to see a one-two punch between him and Chase Edmonds Chase Edmonds 63 on the ground Conner for 53 on the ground uh 116 yards combined on the ground for them and then Kyler Murray's uh 20 yards as well for his touchdown D-hop uh, two catches for 83 yards. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. Uh, week one, um, Cardinals are looking like the NFC favorite, uh, for the Super Bowl. Uh, two more games to highlight here. Uh, one, uh, the Bama Bowl, uh, Miami Dolphins versus New England Patriots, two former Alabama quarterbacks, Tua versus Mac Jones. Um, what was your takeaway from this one?
1: Um, my takeaway from this game is Mac Jones did solid 281 yards, touchdown 29 for 39. Um, their running back, Damian Harris, had 100 yards on the ground, which is impressive. Um, but it's going to come down to Miami's defense. Um, they were able to get the Patriots off the field when they needed to get them off the field. They were able to hold them to field goals when they needed holding hold to field goals instead of touchdowns. Um, they heavily were out time of possessed by 13 minutes. And they only were four for 11 on third downs and were able to pull out the W. So that shows that their defense really stepped it up. And uh, that's the reason why they ended up winning the game.
0: Yeah, I mean Mac Jones in his in his Patriot debut looks solid. 281 yards, one touchdown, uh no picks again as a rookie quarterback. Important to have that zero next to the interception uh mark. Um yeah, I mean to start Bill Belichick's uh 207 million dollars he spent on free agency in the offseason uh didn't pan out for him week one. Um and then moving on lastly. Uh, to the Packers, uh, and they're 38 to three lost to the saints. Um, yeah. Uh, an embarrassment to the Packers organization, uh, tip of the cap to Jameis Winston, only 148 yards passing, but had five touchdowns on the day. Uh, it's all it matters. Yeah. And. Once again, uh, that Packers secondary struggled. Kevin King got burned, giving up uh, two touchdowns along with a handful of um, completions on third down that would have got them off the field. Um, Packers offense, reigning MVP, best receiver in the league, put up three points. Not really much to say about this Packers team right now.
1: Kudos to the Saints. Saints. Yeah. Lattimore shut down Adams. Um and after the game, he gets a contract extension, mm-hmm. making him the highest paid cornerback in league history as far as guaranteed money. Shout out to him. He deserves it. Um he's been one of the top cornerbacks in the league ever since he's came in from Ohio State. Um man, Green Bay, we gotta figure it out. I know we have two different guys in on the line that normally weren't there that definitely showed. Um, I heard a lot of people My personal opinion I feel like your starters Should have to take at least one Play one drive In the preseason To go full speed Make sure you're fucking doing Every play if somebody was not in the right position People were yelling at each other Pointing fingers at each other they they didn't look like they were ready and partial issue to that is the whole off season drama with Aaron Rodgers. Um, I feel like nobody knew whether he was going to be back or not. So there was a lot of big question marks in a lot of spots where if Jordan Love was straight out was our guy, we would have been prepared. And I feel like we would have definitely played a hell of a lot better than we ended up playing with number 12, who's arguably one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Um, in the backfield. So shout out to the saints, my MVP pick, looking very good out the gate, five touchdowns, leading the league. Um Kyle Murray right there behind him though. And man, it I just don't even know what to say. All I got to say is I'm not, I'm, I'm not surprised, I guess. Like, yeah, I thought the Packers were going to win. I knew the Saints were going to be pretty good. I thought it was going to be a way cold, like better of a game. But after really thinking about it and dissecting everything that happened over the offseason and watching people sit and point fingers at each other and bitch at each other on the bench, I'm not surprised that this team's falling apart right now. And this could be the, de- the destruction of the Green Bay Packers this season, <laughs> um, whether 12 is with us or not.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, Jordan Love when he did come in, he went five for seven for sixty-eight yards. Looked so, he yeah, looked he looked good. good. He was on pace to be better than Rodgers on the game. Um, and you
1: know what? The line was actually blocking for him too. Mm-hmm. I feel I feel like there's some mixed feelings with what Rogers did. It it just seemed like everybody wasn't behind them or he wasn't all in it. Like mm-hmm. there was some disconnect between what was happening from. Sideline to the field.
0: Mm-hmm. And it seemed like with Rodgers, too, it wasn't. There's some people are like, oh, he's throwing the game. He's throwing the season because of what happened. I don't think he threw the game, but it, it sh- there was a lack of effort, a lack of care to try to take control of that game as the reigning MVP. Um, both of those interceptions, very un- uncharacteristic. Aaron Rodgers throws. Uh, the first one, yes, he was being hit, but also he threw it way behind Adams for the pick. Second one, um, as much as it was frustrating two years ago to see Rodgers throwing the ball away most out of any quarterback in the league, takes an unnecessary shot way down the field, overthrowing the receiver by 10, 15 yards for the second pick. Um, yeah. You're
1: down, though. What do you got to lose? Yeah. as you can see, you literally could see, he's, he basically said, fuck it. Like, <sighs> when he was throwing the ball, you, you could hear it. Like, he, he was just like, oh, fuck it. And just launched it as far as he could. Like he took took a shot. He took a shot to make a play being down that far and either was going to work or it wasn't going to work. And at that point, I feel like you don't have anything to lose. You know, granted, it's, oh, it's another interception that he threw for his stats. I don't think he fucking gives a shit about his stats anymore. He's already done all that Mm -hmm. where that's not important to him anymore. I feel like it's more about winning I feel like he's turned the page kind of like Tom Brady's turned the page in his career (laughs) where it's more about taking care of yourself and doing what you can to win instead of being the best numbers guy. Yeah. He used to care all about that Mm -hmm. as far as throwing away passes, all that shit ever since he like eclipsed all those, like it said, all those in his new girl ever since him and Danica kind of like split ways and he's, been doing all these spiritual stuff and finding like doing his own thing he's like turned a, a page in his career to where like none of that shit matters anymore it's all about winning the championship
0: mm-hmm. yeah then I guess wrapping up our NFL talk tonight we have your Monday Night Football game Ravens Raiders um who you got and score um I mean that Ravens offense is beat up, uh, as well as their secondary with Marcus Peters being out. Uh, I want. I think the Ravens are four and a, what are they four and a half point favorites? hmm I think. Um. I don't oh, know. Quick.
1: I got Raiders. 35-14. Yeah, go for it. Thirty-five, fourteen.
0: Raiders thirty-five, fourteen. Uh.
1: Derek Carr is gonna have himself a night. In the first game in their new stadium.
0: I'm gonna say I'm gonna say that Lamar still slices and dices the Raiders. I'm gonna say Ravens 28, Raiders 20. One possession game. Um but yeah, not a blowout. All right then. Moving on, uh I guess sticking with football talk, moving over to and the uh college football uh for the weekend. Um some games to highlight here number 9 um Iowa beats number 10 Iowa State to hold the Cyhawk Trophy for the seventh straight matchup between the two teams. Uh Wisconsin bounces back routing Eastern Michigan 34 to 7 after their week one loss to Penn State. Uh Texas A&M escapes disaster with a 10-7 win over Colorado. Um and he'll so stay before Florida yeah.
1: State.
0: Yeah, that was that was interesting, the, the last second Hail Mary. I always love to see those. Um, and then probably the biggest game of the week, uh, Oregon upsets Ohio State 35-28 to hand Ryan Day his first regular season loss as a head coach of the Buckeyes.
1: Ohio State ain't that good.
0: No, barely, barely, barely got a win against uh, Minnesota, and then – loses to Oregon with other two best defensive players on the field.
1: And Oregon's going to be a college football playoff team. Their top two defensive players out, and they beat Ohio State, who's supposed to have one of the best offenses.
0: Yeah. Impressive. And and then uh, AP uh, top 25 updated today. Some big movers include Oregon up to four. Iowa moves up to five. Ohio State drops to nine, and Wisconsin stays put at 18.
1: I wish you would have went down.
0: Yeah, no kidding. You should have like, won by 50. Yeah. They, I mean, yeah, you win 37-7, to 7, but I. if they wanted to move up, they would have had to put two or three more touchdowns on the board. <laughs> then moving over to the NBA, only one thing to really mention over here, Chris Bosh and uh, Paul Pierce among 16 inducted in the Basketball Hall of Fame in the 2021 class. Uh, over the weekend, they had their whole ceremony there um always fun to watch those clips of them talking about um inside stories within the organizations that you don't hear every day that come out uh during hall of fame night
1: do you know who the other 14 were
0: no i didn't i just saw that these two were the highlight like the big the two biggest names that were highlighted from the class
1: gotcha I just have one point the Toronto Raptors get to stay at home approved by the Canadian government um they get to play at home next season so shout out to the Raptors for actually being able to stay in Toronto
0: That's awesome. Yeah, it's it's got to be tough when you're either stuck playing I mean like the NHL how they're split up and their Canadian play, team stayed in Canada and then even last year Toronto had to play and even the 2020 season they're playing home games on the road and they were playing um, in Florida, yeah.
1: which is far.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, good to see that they're staying there. Uh, moving over to the MLB here then, uh, Brewers get the sweep Sunday, one day after Corbin Burns and Josh Hader combined for the lead's record-breaking ninth no-hitter, besting the 1884 mark. Uh, this no-hitter was also just the second in franchise history and the first combined uh, in franchise history. Uh, Giants beat the Cubs 6-5 to five to move to seven straight wins and a two-and-a-half game lead over the Dodgers in the West. Uh, Francisco Lindor, last night I watched the end of this game. It was really heated, really fun to watch uh, between the Mets and the Yankees. Uh, Lindor's three home runs lead the Mets past them 7-6 uh, to six and win the Subway Series. Uh, Blue Jays hit five home runs and embarrassed the Orioles 22-7. Uh, and then Max Scherzinger had himself in a, a Sork day yesterday threw an immaculate inning in the second, which is only the second that happened this year, eclipsed his 300 or 3000th 3, strikeout of his career in the fifth, went on to have a perfect game into the eighth inning, uh, would lose it uh, in eight through eight and one thirds innings uh, as the Dodgers route the Padres eight to nothing and sweep them as well. And that's all I got for MLB.
1: And he just locked up the NL Cy Young with that
0: performance. Oh, 100%.
1: He's one of the greatest pitchers of all time, dude.
0: (laughs) To have all that happen in one day and not let it get to your head and not let the moment get too big. Yeah, that's impressive. Uh, Over to the ice then. What's going on over there? Um,
1: Columbus Blue Jackets assistant coach Sylvain Lebrevier is out after declining to get the COVID-19 vaccination. Um, he will be sitting aside this season. Hopefully, the guidelines and stuff loosen up um, going forward to next season. Calgary Flames locked down defenseman Eric Goodbrinson and Michael Stone to one-year deals. And that is all that is going on in the NHL.
0: Sounds good. Um, that's all I have for today. Um, yeah, nothing. Doesn't look like anything else to highlight around the league. Uh, Oklahoma
1: 176 to 0.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was, I can't, what do they play? Western Kentucky or something?
1: Western Carolina.
0: Western Carolina.
1: Baylor 166 to 7. College football is such a fucking joke.
0: For the first three four weeks, yeah. All these non-conference, FBS versus FCS games. Literally, these programs have to pay half a million, a million dollars for these teams to come. And it's hilarious when they fucking get beat. <laughs> uh, happens at least once a year where an FCS team comes in. Oh, you're going to pay us half a million dollars to come in and beat you? All right.
1: And um, the Arkansas Razorbacks are fined $100,000 for the fans storming the field after they beat the Texas Longhorns this weekend.
0: Oh, yeah, didn't they – they had, like, two opportunities for a field goal at the end. I think I think that's – I think that was that game, unless it was a different game I'm thinking of. There was a game where um, they kicked a field goal and the fans stormed the field too early, so there was a, a penalty against – the other team for the fans coming onto the field too early, so they let them re-kick it, and they still missed it again anyway. I don't remember if that was the Arkansas-Texas game or if that's a different game I was thinking of, but I know that happened over the weekend. What was the score of that game, Texas-Arkansas? 40-21.
1: to 21.
0: Okay, so it wasn't that one then, because the field goal was either to tie or win the game, and they missed twice, whatever this game was.
1: This is the second fine to Arkansas as a one more would cost them a quarter of a million dollars and a suspension of scholarships.
0: Hmm. I mean, that's, that's last kinda, time it
1: happened was in 2014 when they beat LSU.
0: That's kind of like, I mean, as, as a football team, you don't have control over what thousands of people are going to do. That's, their own fault but at the same that's time how someone gets fucking hurt or killed yeah. or something like that yeah
1: and the university is 100 responsible for that
0: <laughs> yeah so it just sucks <laughs> as a football anything team. that happens
1: at a, at a college anything the university is 100 liable
0: yeah sounds good that's all i had for today
1: all right sounds good well thank you everybody for stopping by don't forget to like follow subscribe Um, to our social media, including this YouTube channel that you're watching us on right now. Um, Yeah, uh, big NFL game tonight. We'll be breaking that down on Wednesday for you guys. And uh, yeah, other than that, we'll see you on hump day.
0: See you Wednesday, everybody.